Hello, my fine friends. Thank you for choosing my podcast to listen to. We're powered by ACAS Plus. You can join uh, ACAS Plus if you want to get lots of bonuses. Google Rahalastapa and ACAS Plus and you'll get right there. There's lots of fun stuff to get. Um, Rahalastapa tour is nearly over. 21st of March, I'm at Bedford Corn Exchange. I'm talking to Olaf Falafel, who's a very funny children's author and stand-up comedian, and Al Murray, the pub landlord and historian man. And a friend of mine, uh, it should be fantastic, who went to Bedford, went to school in Bedford. It should be amazing. There's plenty of tickets left for that one. Uh, Glasgow on the 27th and Hull on the 28th. They're both sold out, but do keep checking the sites for returns. And uh, occasionally we put some comps back on sale, so there may be a chance to buy tickets. The main thing, though, is that I am going to be on tour doing stand-up, and I would love you to come. Uh, it's uh, from... It starts officially in May, but so uh, there's a few tryouts in April and March. So I'm at the Bill Murray. I'm at um, various places, Luton Hat Factory and uh, the Berry Hedge End. I don't even know where that is before going into a big tour where I'm going all over the place. It's selling in various degrees. Glasgow sold out. They've added an extra date. Uh, Chorley sold out, joined the waiting list. Uh, but a lot of the others have plenty of tickets. So... Do go and come to see that. richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour for all those tour dates. richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa for the remaining Rahalastapa dates. And uh, yeah, and then I'm going to take a little break from doing Rahalastapas. It'll be nice. We've got loads in the bank. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying them. I think there's some very high quality ones from this tour. Uh, so do keep listening. Do keep telling your friends. richardherring.com for all your Richard Herring needs. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another Rahalastapa. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. It's been over a week since he did that half mouth, and yet he's still stiff. I don't understand what's happened. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Thank you very much. Love to see you all. You're much better than last week's audience. Quite a lot of last week's audience have left. Uh, so, um... <laughs> Welcome to uh, 
kept all the rest in the locked inside. Welcome to Rich Change, Letters Fair Theatre Podcast, or as some of the yeah, very cool people have started to call it, Rahelester Burt. And there's nothing cooler than a man yelling Rahelester Burt at the top of his voice. Uh, we've got some of the usual suspects here in front, nearly all, nearly all the usual suspects. I'm not sure about Do I know this guy so well? Hello. You were here last week. Did I talk to you last week? Because you. Yeah, did I say uh, that you've got a face like one of the characters from the game Guess Who? Did I say that? Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got a very neat uh, bit. Has he got a beard? Yes. Okay, uh, so we'll go into the second row where there's some uh, likely looking lads in the second row here. What's, uh, what's your name, sir? Anthony. Anthony, is this what is a passes for fashion nowadays in the, for the young people with a hat on there? A hat, a t shirt with dinosaurs. Is it dinosaurs on it? Are they all different dinosaurs? That You're not a cool person, are you? I thought, from a distance, it looked like it was marijuana leaves. I thought, oh, he takes drugs, he's cool. But it's a man with dinosaurs. You are the 21st century Ross from Friends. That is what we go. What's, what's your name? Anthony. Anthony, yeah, sorry, you did tell me that. I, I ran a half marathon eight days ago. What is this? What, do you, are you a paleontologist? Yes. And you like to come out wearing... Because, <laughs> you know, I come out wearing just red noses all over my T-shirt. What do you do for a living? They wouldn't let you into the paleontology department looking like that. What, do you have a job? Do you even have a job? <laughs> Sorry, what? I've got a bit aggressive. Sorry, I've got a bit... I've got a bit aggressive with, a, like, an old... What are you doing in my uh, front garden? Get out of here! <laughs> this is... <laughs> what, what, your freelance... Sound engineering. How'd you, how'd you find the sound here at the... Bit off. <laughs> bit off, George. It's the, it's, uh, George doesn't do the live sound. It's a bit off at the back. That's what, that's what uh, George, who does the sound, was saying. Uh, he got a review on, uh, on iTunes. Is that, was it on iTunes? Netflix. Because someone said that they liked the sound on one of my DVDs. He's <laughs> uh, very pleased with himself. Uh, and what, what's, your, what's, your fr- what's your friend's name? What's your, uh, friend or Lover? Lover. lover. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> you look so free. You're so free. No, no, no I like, I'm picturing the two of you together now, and I like it. Uh, what would you do? In fact, now I'm getting you involved in a minute. You're, you're like Rowan Atkinson. You're watching in the corner. What's um? That's what he does, right? Yeah, we all know about him. What do you, do you work in the sound? I'm really hoping because there's three of you. One of you's going to. I work in sound. I work in sight, and I work in speech. And then we can do the three monkeys with their hands over there. Again, I thought that was much cleverer than the audience. <laughs> the, the audience. I thought that was genius. What do you do? Uh, You're a mechanic. That's good. What, like in with cars and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Could be uh, other kind of mechanics. Uh, I scraped the underside of my car on a paving slab the other day. Anything you can do for me to help with that? Right off. What happened in Edinburgh? I've been driving around quite. A... <laughs> You're not very really good. And what's the uh, third monkey? The third monkey with his hands over his balls. Uh, what, uh, what's your name? Jack. 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 You seem like Jack, though, so it is Jack, though, right? Jack. You're just very posh. You're really, you're really posh, or you've got a speech impediment on your own name. Jack. Can I call you Jack? Yeah, okay. What do you do, Jack? Uh, I work You work in a shop? Is it like Prince Charles's shop with all his farm produce? Where, what shop is it? Uh, it's called Your Store. Your Store? Is it, is it my store? Where is it? Where's your store? Is it like a what? It sounds like a chain. I've never heard of that. No, it's new. It's, it's a new chain. It's a concession in Top Man and Top Shop. Oh, it's in Top Man, Top Man. 
Yeah. You've been help. Didn't they get discount on the clothes? Is that? Yeah. You're, I mean, you are the worst dressed out of all three of us. What are you charging in your lap there as well? What's going on? You've got like all, you've got like a massive battery and you charge, what are you, doing? what are you doing down there? It's like you've got like a bomb down there. He's ready going to blow, he's the underpants bomber, but he's wearing a bomb outside of his underpants. Doesn't want to spoil his underpants. I think I'm doing a great job in my head. So that is, that is, that is the main thing. And what we're going to do with that is after the, the show, we're just going to dub in loads of laughs over all the things I said there. And I, and I will look really good. Uh, so uh, before I do fall asleep, uh, from, uh, <laughs> it's incredible that I'm still standing. Uh, it's incredible that I'm still alive. I was, I did say the other day, I kind of hoped I would die doing the half marathon because you make lots more. I've only made about 800 quid on sponsorship. If I died, it could be up to a million by now. You know, in a way, it's selfish of me to have stayed alive. I think of all the money, scope. What scope could have done with that money if I'd just died on the run? But oh no, Richard Herring, you had to stay alive, didn't you? Okay, fucking this audience hates me. Uh, so, uh, my wife's only 13 years younger than me, not Steve Coogan's girlfriend's like 24 or something. Have a go at him. Uh, so, um, it's all right, he's gone now. We've got the tape. Uh, so, will you please welcome. Oh, no, I'm on. It's all falling apart. I'm on Jenny Eclair's page. I was going to introduce her as Jenny Eclair. That would be terrible. It's podcast 51. Uh, will you please welcome uh, a woman who's best known as playing the general public in Hello Panda. <laughs> That's why we're all here tonight. Will you please welcome Sarah Pascoe, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah Pascoe. Sarah Pascoe. Come on in. How you doing? She's got Snoopies on her T-shirt. That's cool. That's a more I, of a dress. Uh, I got this dress heavily on sale, right? Did so you? I saved £180. It was £210 in Urban Outfitters, and I got it for £30. And on the way here, I was saying to my boyfriend, I got this dress for £30. And he was like, that's all it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you bragging about that? <laughs> so tell us about uh, Hello Panda. Hello Panda. You were right. the general public. I was, I was a, yeah, an I extra, a supporting oh. artist, they call them. So, do you know Carrie Ad Lloyd? Yes. So, Carrie Ad Lloyd is my best friend from university, and her husband, Ben Blaine, is a filmmaker, and he made a short film, which was then picked up by um, Channel 4, it's not Film 4, okay. for funding, and I was in the background. <laughs> And I got chatted up by Neil Edmund. Do you know Neil Edmund? I do know Neil Edmund. So my only thing was to be on a stool and not laugh while he chatted me up. Perfect. You got chatted up in the film by... I thought you were just going to go while I was backstage. Also, backstage, you got chatted up by Neil Edmund. Do you know him? What a player. (laughs) (laughs) Is he in the thick of it? Is that that why people will know him from? Or is he not known? I don't know. He's in lots of things. He wrote that wonderful sitcom on BBC Two with Emma Fryer, Home Time. No. no one, no one knows who he is. <laughs> I, I know who he, he is. You recognise him. He's in lots of things. And um, who, who played the panda? Um, oh, Benedict Wong. Wow. Okay. So there yeah. was someone, a, ma- a, pa- a man dressed up as a panda. Yeah. Who, who said hello to the panda? No. So a different man was dressed up as a panda. Okay. The man who he'd been in Gorillas in the Mist. Everyone's very. He was the most famous person on set. <laughs> it was, the, uh, it was the guy who was inside the panda. Okay. And um, and and. But <laughs> <laughs> and when you say that oh hey uh, but it's a, f- it's a film about yeah. Neil Edmonds trying to get semen from a panda okay that's what the it film- sounds like Michael I'm definitely <laughs> going to watch you know I don't do much I don't do much research 
I just look on IMDb. But now I'm going to watch that one. That is uh, that's pretty good. Now, the main thing I want to talk to you about oh, yeah. uh, is that your dad was the vocalist with Flintlock. Yeah. Which most people won't know, and well, they won't know no, what I'm talking about. The thing is, even at the time, they weren't that big a band. They were massive. <laughs> they were massive. They were massive. He was the guy was in the Tomorrow People. Yes, Mike Holloway was in the Tomorrow yes. People. Yes. The original Tomorrow People, which was my favourite TV show. John, John from the Tomorrow People, who remembers him? No one. <laughs> so, do you remember the bloke who was in some of the... He came in Tomorrow People quite late. He wasn't in the original series. <laughs> not, not looking good. My well, dad, her my, dad, my dad was in a band with that guy and, my dad's and in was in the Tomorrow one, People. One episode of the Tomorrow People. Yeah. So, the thing about my dad, so my dad was in a band when he was 17. He left it when he was 19. He grew up in Dagenham. He was very sad being in the band and they didn't have any kind of chart success. So now, though, it says on my Wikipedia, oh, Sarah Pascoe's dad was Derek Pascoe from Flintlock. And people go, oh, so were you a millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you have one of those sheltered lives and that's why you're a comedian now? <laughs> well, but also your great-grandma was a Rosa Newmarch. So did you just look at my writer. Wikipedia yeah, page? Of course. Yeah, that's how, <laughs> like, that's wait, how I start. You've met me and we've done <laughs> gigs together. No, that's where we start. <laughs> yeah, so Rosa Newmarch. So she's really interesting, actually. Yeah. So she's my great-great-grandmother. She, her husband was very ill in a time where women couldn't really earn money and you, and you couldn't have property or anything like that. So her husband's very ill. She had to do something to raise money. So she brought over um, Russian composers from Russia and uh, <laughs> and um, that was the beginning of BBC proms was, uh, was that and, she, and so her letters have been sold at Sotheby's or to Tchaikovsky and people like that and she's got a prize in her name at one of the music schools for £100 <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad not many 19th century people on, uh, on uh, Wikipedia and she's got her own entry yeah do you think she ever met Rasputin and do you think she had sex with him? And you're so obsessed with you Rasputin. Do you think that... I am obsessed hey, with Rasputin hey, and do you think you're related to Rasputin? Hey, it's therefore? the big expose. Yeah. Yes, she did have sex with Rasputin. <laughs> I, I was up in the loft one day <laughs> and I came across a chest and it said, do not open in Russian. Uh, and I opened it and it was all of the pictures that they'd drawn of each other. This is back before sexting. <laughs> so <laughs> if you wanted to send Rasputin a sexy picture, you had to draw it yourself and then send it by carrier pigeon which is yeah. what she did and yes I'm one eighth Rasputin I, f- <laughs> I feel that you were mocking me uh, so <laughs> because I like Rasputin and she was in St. Petersburg in, 19, in the 1910s so she would she might have seen him walking running, around running past <laughs> he liked running around he was, no, one, no one else is interested in Rasputin as I am okay let's we'll do it now we'll get out of the way uh, but I thought again I, I always worry with female guests about going to dirty Britcom confessions oh so Brit treat men and women differently well I just worry oh, I only yeah. worry about it I don't treat them any differently it's just, the only difference is I don't care with the blokes but the, a lot of the things that come up on there towards women aren't, aren't as amusing oh I see that's all I'm worried okay, about okay. they're just a bit more graphic but yours aren't yours are alright yours <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not, that you're the people who fancy you are quite I write a lot of them myself. Uh, (laughs) This is something comedians do. Comedians do this in groups sometimes, looking at each other's on this, so you have to make sure you've got some. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I haven't had one for ages. I kind of assumed people would keep putting them up just to get read out on my podcast, but it's too too far to go. Even even to pretend to imagine having a fantasy about me is too much. Uh, okay, this one. I would actually, I would actually listen to both a Nickelback and a Calling album ten times over, if it for some reason meant I could have a night with Sarah Pascoe. 
I would love it if that was the code. (laughs) Against my will. If someone ever listens to a Nickelback album ten times, I just materialise. What did you do? Even if you don't like Nickelback, that doesn't seem like that many times. It doesn't like, oh no, I've had to listen to Nickelback ten times. So I get to have sex with Sarah Fasca. It just seems slightly insulting to me. Does it? Yeah. Oh, I took it as a huge compliment. Should be something harder. Should be something harder. I'm prepared to spend like six hours of my time listening to some records I don't like. Oh. What I'm getting from this is that you might like Nickelback. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't even know who co- the, uh, the calling are. That's how. Not do I? Do you know, do you know who the calling are? Don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. <laughs> are they better or worse than Nickelback? They're be- better, but sometimes they're worse. Is anything worse than Nickelback? I don't. Similar. <laughs> In the, that's the guy who, who, who put the thing on the Brit Comedy Fashions, clearly. Uh, okay. Uh, Sarah Pascoe's eyes make me wet. Which sort of suggests to me like that they're just sitting underneath you and you're crying. That's, is that... Have you, have you I cry on people. Yeah. So, and uh, this is... I think, again, this is a... I'm imagining that's a woman, because I don't think many men would say... It's not I a compliment. I mean, it, you know, if you ejaculate in your own trousers... You Technically, you have to come wet. <laughs> I have never done that. I met, I met Sarah Pascoe once. Uh, uh, no, yeah, now, so it's just weirdly written. Now I thought she was gorgeous on telly, but in person, she is one and then seventeen noughts times more beautiful than I could ever comprehend a human to be. I know, that makes me worry they didn't meet me. <laughs> they met Kylie Minogue. <laughs> if we both swung that way, she could have taken me right there all night long. Woo! <laughs> if we both how, swung how that does, way. How, does, how do they know I don't swing that I way? I don't know. Well, I presume they know that they don't swing that way. That's and only they half the story. You, they, they find you like a trillion, billion times more beautiful than any other person they could imagine even. I can't they comprehend <laughs> That's kind of insane to think. It is insane. Do you think these people are kind of hyperbolic about everyone? (laughs) Or do you think they do pick one person and like them? What do you think? I think they, uh, mainly, I think the one who talked about Santa Claus, I think is the same one. Yeah. Who wants Steve Keegan's penis in a ribbon and Mm. I can't remember who the other one was now. But no, I think they are very, I think they're very sincere. And and are hoping, (laughs) hoping their dreams will come true. (laughs) And I'm hoping, as a sort of 21st century Jim will fix it, I'm hoping I can no, make those. And also, as a, as, a, <laughs> as, a wo- as a woman in her 30s with low self-esteem, I only ever want to sleep with these people now. <laughs> That's pretty nice to someone to say. I mean, it's sort of weird. One and 17 noughts times more beautiful than I could ever comprehend a human to be. It sort of sounds like they might not be human themselves. You think a puppy wrote it? <laughs> Maybe it was an alien of some kind. Yeah, could be. I never thought I would find a human attractive. <laughs> they haven't got enough heads. But also, it doesn't say how little they comprehended a human. Because if they, if they thought like the most attractive a human could be is percent then you're just 1%. Yeah. So but that's still that's better than all other humans, Richard. I'm still taking the <laughs> you're compliments. Still, you're still top of the human. Uh, great. Uh, so um, let's, let's go into an emergency question. I asked foolishly, just threw away a brilliant... Uh, well, it was a terrible emergency question. You're going to have to subscribe to them. I asked the asparagus one, the asparagus wee one backstage, because I thought, I can chuck that away. Nothing ever good comes out of that answer. 
you would not. It was. I'm literally going to go on Facebook and put. I asked this woman about whether we spells of asparagus. You will not believe what happened next. And you will click on that and be disappointed. <laughs> As you are with all of those things. No, I, do, I think there would be, my audience would be amazed. So you're going to have to subscribe for a pound a month to hear that answer. What a shame. Uh, let's ask the new emergency question uh, to you. Would you rather, if you had to choose uh, between dating, oh, yeah. what I'm going to say, I asked it to in a slightly ruder way, uh, but the date would end in full sexual So for me, it's more romantic. <laughs> yeah, there's some romance. It's usually dating. So I have to be seen in public with this thing. Yeah, that's true. Would you rather date a man, as I think you know, who's a six foot penis? Uh, but I have dated wearing... a six foot penis <laughs> yeah, six foot seven in fact <laughs> is it Stephen Merchant <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's quite there aren't many of them around but most of them have been on here I can give you like two Greg Davis is six foot seven as well also okay. not here <laughs> okay, also good. not here I was going to go on to Greg next uh, so to speak. If it was a man who has a penis, but he's six foot tall, he's got a fa- the penis has a face and a mouth. So, okay. you know, the, you can kiss the penis. Oh, lucky me. <laughs> and it will kiss you back. Oh. Uh, and it's like, a, you know, and it will talk. Richard, and... what are the downsides to this scenario? <laughs> and it's a really massive penis. I mean, just too impractically big. Mm-hmm. Or a man who is... He's a normal man, but instead of a penis, he has a tiny man in his trousers that will... That has his... a mouth and a face. Yeah, that can that a... little man talk? He can, yeah. He has his own personality. They're not really connected in any way, apart from the obvious. Yeah, that guy with the tiny man. Yeah, everyone's gone for that. No one has yet gone for the gigantic... <laughs> okay, <laughs> Richard, penis. seriously, what am I supposed to do with that guy? Have a chat with him, see how you get on. See what he's... Don't just judge him, because he looks... You're like... You're like in the film The Elephant Man, all the people who just go, ah, The Elephant Man. What about The Penis okay, Man? Okay, if there were three choices and one of them was The Elephant Man, yeah. I would have chosen The <laughs> Elephant Man. Um, what are you supposed to do with a six-foot penis man? Talk to him. Talk to him. And what yeah. kind of life has he had? What kind of shared experiences <laughs> do we have? I don't think you've got many shared experiences. That's what makes him such an interesting date. You can go... <laughs> I mean, how, at what point, if you were... I knew you'd chosen the other one, but if you were dating him, okay. at what point would you bring up the fact that he was a six-foot penis? Would okay. you mention it in the day? No, no you'd, he would know already, yeah. having lived his entire life. Yeah. I presume he's, he's going to be around the same age as me. He's been like in his mid-30s, yeah. and so he knows he's a giant penis. As we've walked to the restaurant, people have shouted from the other side of the street and out of cars, Oh, you're a dick! <laughs> Literally, mate, like an actual... Like that, so and he starts to pretend he puts his like collar up on his coat and then goes, Oh, so where did you go to school? And then I'm like, Oh, yeah, did you have a nice time at school? No, everyone kept making fun of back then. I was a small penis, um, but in school uniform, uh, he's gonna have a t- had had a terrible life. Also, do I want to have children with somebody? And let's face it, that's why we're is having dates in the first place. I'm 33 years old. <laughs> Where is this going? And are, <laughs> and are your genes going to mean I have a baby penis <laughs> come out of me? And then I have to have pictures taken with it and introduce it to my family at Christmas. No, I mean, it's going to have the same miserable life as you. No, thank yeah. you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, you've just got a little man on you. Let's have a <laughs> let's have a chat. <laughs> that is quite a good answer. Like, I will give you that. It's, it feels feels to me like you've been asked that before. Uh, so I spent my entire life thinking, <laughs> what, what would I do? Jeez, jeez. 
Were you ever rude to any celebrities when you were young? When you, when you first oh. met oh. Pete, did you... I, Wait, I think I mean, meet, you meeting were... celebrities is very odd. I don't yeah. know. I mean, you may be more used to it than I do because you react in a way, your body reacts in a way as in this person is familiar to you already. I, I know this person and you don't. I worked on stage door at um, Wimbledon Theatre once uh, for about four months and I, I never got used to the fact that celebrities came into... Uh, David Tennant came in to visit Richard Griffiths, for instance, or Martin Clunes came in once and you react, you want to say hello and <laughs> you can't. And then so you just, instead you go bright red and they know why you're going red and you go oh sorry I'll just call for him now what's your name <laughs> like knowing that you both know exactly who they are and people are so like nice but it must be very difficult for people I used to um, when I was uh, because of how my mum and dad met actually so my dad was in a pop band and my mum used to stalk him and she, um, she used to sleep outside of his house and she um, uh, eventually waited till he wasn't in that band anymore and got with him she waited out every all of the fans and um, so I thought that was how he got a boyfriend and I picked <laughs> I picked Robbie Williams as my person and so I when he left take that he came to London and me and Cheryl my sister ran away to meet him and we slept outside the big breakfast in Stratford he was guest presenting to meet him and this is an interesting aside but um I then, when I was 19, accepted a job working with his dad because I thought, his dad's a singer, and I thought, if I work with him, I'm definitely going to meet Robbie Williams. And my obsession in my brain was always that I would bring him back down to earth because um, like, I could really see his insecurity and in how he doesn't want to be shouted at that people love him all the time. He just wants to be made beans on toast and understood. And so <laughs> I was really sure that I'd be that person, that I'd be so blasé with it. So I worked with um, Robbie Williams' dad. This is in 2001. And um, last week, it's on tonight. This is a side, but it won't be when your podcast is out. It would have already been on. I did Nevermind the Boscocks. And it got to the lineup round. And they went, Sarah, go and stand in the lineup. And I was like, what? And they made me put on a t shirt saying, I am Sarah Pascoe, with all these other blonde girls. And then they brought out Robbie Williams' his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and he sat in my chair and had to try and remember which one I was. <laughs> with the whole introduction of. She worked with you to try and meet your son. Did you know? And he was like, I had no idea. <laughs> and did he recognise you? He'd been watching the record. So he faked it. Okay. <laughs> and did you meet Robbie Williams? No. You didn't even meet him? But I'm glad I did it now. Because imagine if I had met him and he hadn't fallen in love with me. Now yeah. the lie I can tell myself is he met his current wife and she sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I would not want to get in the way of that with our true love. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the film Sliding Doors? It's a really good film. Yes, yeah, about, a... <laughs> about, um, I have seen Sliding how... Doors. Because like, if different things happen, different things would then happen afterwards. Hey, there's a whole knock-on effect. Is, Every so... time we get on public transport, guys. Yeah. Or near any sliding door, or just doing anything. It's I, not just actually, about sliding doors. And that's what's not fair, is that there should have been other doors in that film, because there are other kinds of doors. Um, revolving doors? Yeah, there are. If that's broken, and you have to walk through a different static Dif door, different. that's wasted two seconds of your time. Yeah. Oh, different life. Or what could have happened if you'd gone straight through? Or you get in a revolving door and accidentally revolve round. Ah, you're already outside the building. To, you have to go back in again. Or you've already met stuff. a guy yeah. who was outside, who you would have missed, because <laughs> yeah. you would have been signing in at reception. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do you want to write a film? Yeah, I do. I've got quite... <laughs> can we call it Revolving Door? 
Can we call it different doors. kinds of doors? Yeah, different kinds of doors <laughs> the... and the impact they have on different future events, <laughs> depending on that, how and, and when hey, you enter them. And the poster, and hey, guys, stop laughing, this is really good. Also, <laughs> also, the poster should be an advent calendar and on the tube, and then people can open the doors yeah. and see who's behind there. Yeah? yeah? Christmas, t- <laughs> Christmas 2016. What if they open the door and there's chocolates in there? That would be good. Yeah. Just, I'm just thinking from my own point of view. You would like a little chocolate. Some free chocolate. Would you eat a tube, you f- uh, a chocolate you found on a poster on the tube? Yes. <laughs> I would trust. If it was advertised in the film, different kinds of doors that lead, are entered about, in different wh- ways but, and lead to oh. different future events. But exactly what a murderer would do, yeah. a murderer would see that advertising campaign and go, I'm going to put poison chocolates in there. Yeah. And then you come along, someone's already eaten the genuine chocolate and you've got the poisoned one out, now yeah. you're dead. But then that's a new film in itself, isn't it? That's the. <laughs> that's no, so, you know, just that's the sequel. The thing with sliding doors, I can't believe there was only one of them. That's, that's why Peter Howitt from Bread, he just rested on his laurels, thought, yep, done that. Just do, just do a film about a different thing happening from the original sliding door. She misses that tube and then gets on a different tube. It's all about the girl, what people don't realise about sliding doors. Yeah. The actual thing that changes history is the girl on the stairs on the way to the tube. There's a girl oh. on the stairs, and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is running down the stairs. And in one reality, the girl gets in the way. In yeah. the other reality, the mum pulls the daughter out of the way. Yeah. So that film should be called Little Girl. Little Girl. <laughs> move, move, moving Little Girl. Moving. Little Girl. Little Girl who moves. I think you, know, you get a lot of DVD sales for different reasons. <laughs> Very funny, aren't you, youngsters, coming here with your proper jokes? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just pretending I'm a Mock the Week. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Have you ever done Mock the Week? I haven't. I've never been. I've, I was thinking... Would you like I, to do it? I don't know if I would like to do Mock When I saw... I was talking backstage about the... Which I talked with uh, James Acaster last week about the Mock the Week that uh, they did recently with quite a lot of younger comedians. Yes. In it, which did feel like a different... Uh, vibe going on and improved it. I don't really like it as a programme, but mainly from the past, when it was much more yeah. gladiatorial See, and I had stupid. It, I had it in my head right from the beginning of starting off being a stand-up and realised I wanted to be a stand-up, that I wanted to be on that show. Right. So there are some comics who look at it and think, oh, I didn't want to do it, whereas I'm the kind of comic that you wouldn't think would do very well on it, and that is why I wanted to do it. I think I really had a chip on my shoulder. I wanted to prove that you could not make that you could be good and entertaining, but also good-hearted and not making jokes about victims or easy jokes about weak people. Or I'll never talk about people's appearances. I'll never call fat people fat or old people old or uh, denigrate a politician by what they look like. And I had, such, I had such a strong ambition to be on there and go, see, it's okay, you don't have to be like this. Whereas some programmes, they have a strict formula of how they're made. Yeah. And they would only stay alive if they allowed different comedians in, like James Acaster who's so brilliant, and I'm sure you guys were very comedy savvy and you know, but him on that show, the producers were so shocked, as in like, how is he so funny? It's like, because you haven't been to a gig for 15 years, yeah. <laughs> so you don't understand. Well, what's quite interesting about all of those things, because the, all of those shows started about the same time as I started doing TV comedy, and they're all still there, and they're all, and even a lot of the new ones, they're all created and written, oh, sorry, some of them are written, uh, by, uh, by, but hey, uh, we scripted this earlier. So. By, yeah, we completely scripted it. I can't believe you got your lines wrong on the sliding doors thing. I can't believe. It. Uh, but um, 
can't just remember the name of that film twice in a row without having learnt it very carefully. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's the same guys, and they do operate at the same, those formulas, so that's fine. But, like, even the, the guys who are the regulars on Mock the Week, from what I've seen, you know, they come up with the same sort of formulate jokes, because they have to, because they do it Well, actually, I, I'm always really impressed by them. So people approach comedy in lots of different ways, and actually they have to be so up on the news and they also have to kind of maintain themselves as a character, but they have pages and pages and pages. And often a show that's between 22 minutes or 28 minutes is recorded for three hours. And in that time, the people who keep it going, quite often the guests, you pop up once every 15 minutes and say a thing, and in an edit, it looks like you talked. But they are just going through streams of stuff that they've prepared. And if someone like Dara or a host in a different show has a 20-minute riff that ends up being amazing, all of that stuff is thrown away. Yeah. But, and they, they consistently work on it and it is, it's a real craft, it's something to really respect I think, although I know other comedians maybe don't I think it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't not respect it it shouldn't be the main thing that comedians end up doing on TV I think, but, but most comedians don't do it I know, yeah, a, a, no. most of them don't yeah. do it but it's the only avenue now so again when I started, the, those panel shows were the, on the side and you would be able to do sketch shows or stand up shows and mm. now it's like, it's panel shows and maybe occasionally one of those people will go and do a stand up show out of that, so that yeah. seems that seems unfair. I think that that mock the week it felt like for someone who likes to do sort of yeah. the bantery stuff of, of playing off other people, it didn't seem ideal for me. But I haven't ever been asked to do it. Yeah. I've never, I don't know, I've never, but I haven't been asked to do most of them because yeah. uh, I was talking about podcasting to someone uh, to a journalist the other day, and I only ever even got on. Have I got news for you and and Buzzcocks after I started podcasting? So for oh, twenty yeah. years, I never got on those shows. Uh, I've never done uh, live at the Apollo. When you look at some of the shit that's been on there, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I find it quite insulting that I've never yeah. even been asked. I was, I was asked when it was Michael McIntyre. They said I could come and audition yeah. to be on Michael McIntyre's yeah. Roadshow at the Comedy Store. Yeah. It was on a Monday, so I couldn't do it. So you didn't do it? No. Oh. So Monday I was doing this, so I couldn't do it. But also, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, Michael, I've gigged with Michael McIntyre, yeah, so of he could say whether I could do it or not, so whatever. But it is an odd thing. So whenever people... So the people who make these kind of shows, as we all know, like, but they do, they do approach comedy like there is a formula, it's a science, yeah. and quite often that is a kind of an algorithm of youth and new plus people that we trust and people that we represent, and it is, and it, and it is always baffling. So you say that, and I think, God, that's so weird that you haven't been on those kind of things. And, so, and, and obviously there must be some kind of resentment there or... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, was, I was sort of surprised that I eventually got. Kind of, I think maybe I would resent it in the nineties when I wasn't yeah. being. But then I, so I was sort of surprised when I got invited on, and then it sort of very quickly stopped. I was on. Have I got news for you twice? Thought I did okay. It was on Buzzcocks twice. Thought I did okay. Um, but uh, you know, then. But there are so many people. I'd rather it was more people. I, I sort mm. of. I generally think. Don't not, not the week that. You don't, you don't need the regular people there. Yeah. They can come in. They can be in there four times a series or something. But you don't. There's no need to have the regular. Just get. Let's get shitloads of people on it. And as long as you have some people who've done a few people who've done it once or twice, mm-hmm. the new people can. I think the first time you went went on, it kind of felt like there was Gary uh, Delaney was oh, on. Yeah. It was. It felt like quite supportive. Oh, really supportive. Atmosphere. Yeah. So Gary, he was really really helpful beforehand. The warning they tell you on Mock the Week is the audience don't know you. No one will laugh at you. But it's a TV program, not a gig. So what you mustn't do is die inside if every time you speak it's tumbleweed. <laughs> and you do. You have to go like. And no one is laughing at you. And that was. So Gary was so kind. And obviously because he's married to Sarah, they're such a supportive kind of powerhouse. They want everyone to do well. 
No, well, that's not. But it does feel. But that that it sort of feels time. And even speaking as an older generation yeah. comedian, it feels time that that you know that it should yeah. move on to be the because yeah. also there are so many new comedians coming through. Yes. I mean, just ridiculous numbers. So it's really hard to get a foothold and get anywhere. Yeah, and there so is a, there, and there is a trickle down effect. I know lots of people complain about TV being the only way you get. But lots of the people who would be guesting on these kind of shows now still play gigs all up and down the country. They're not, we're not hugely touring. We're not taking ticket sales from other people. What we're doing is making kind of little local gigs, hopefully, fill up one month so that yeah. people ca- go back for the next three months. Hopefully, it does kind of keep the industry flourishing yeah. in some ways. Well, I think maybe. But I think, it, well, you know, I think you, just, you just need to do two or three, do well on two or three of them, and I think it will have, a, have, an, have an effect. Mm. I mean, you've done, you've done the Live at the Apollo as well, haven't mm. you? And so, unlike... I'm, I'm, I'm Actually, I've done it twice. I've actually done it uh, twice, so I feel yeah. I feel a little bit like I should have said, "Hey, maybe you should ask Richard Herring." <laughs> the second time they called, like, "Guys, I've done this now." <laughs> I did um, the Russell Howard's good news. That slot that they have for new comedians. Yeah. I did, <laughs> Don't I you did. get paid a thousand pounds for fifteen minutes of material? I, I can't remember. But they. <laughs> Can you not remember? I can't remember. Isn't that your production company? <laughs> your agents are... It is my agent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my agent's right. That's how I got the job. And I did... <laughs> I did... Uh, and actually, I actually think Russell... Russell uh, was like a fan of mine and Stu's. So I think it was actually Russell. So he's, he's still trying to give you a leg up, Just is he? Yeah, oh, yeah. But that was... That <laughs> That's was, nice. That was one way... Because I went on and it was all, you know, 16 or 17-year-old girls and young men and, you know, and I went on and did my filthy stuff about, uh, you know, anal sex and... <laughs> They were all kind of staring at me like... <laughs> People that but, old still have I, sex? But I just... And they didn't, you know, they didn't get it. There was really nothing in the room. But I just, did it, I just did it all to the camera and did it as if it was working well. Yeah. And then it looks really good. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's exactly... There are some people who tell you, especially in t- like, like live the Apollo-style gigs, if you have an amazing gig, right, as in like the audience, you feel like you're flying, the audience clap after jokes, and you can't help it, your face goes smug. Because you have to wait. You have to wait for the clap. Those ones look awful on television. Because you're watching at home going, why are they clapping something about beds? Why are they clapping this? Why are they, is this shit? But whereas actually, if you have quite a bad gig, so you keep your pace up, yeah. and it edits together, and a big clap at the end that they've added on, and then you watch at home going, all right, okay, I see something going on there. So it's actually better. To, you want to have like a quite bad to mediocre gig. That's why, <laughs> that's why they should have me on. <laughs> I can do that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Posting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Let's talk about sperm, because you, uh, oh, yeah. you've talked about... Let's talk about you've sperm. You've talked about sperm, because I wrote yes. uh, this book, Talking Cock. I don't yeah. know if you've read it, but uh, Not you yet. can buy it from GoFasterStripe.com. I, uh, I might, you can have that one. Can I? Yeah. Can I really? Uh, yeah, I can. Yeah, can you sign talk- it for me? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll draw a big cock on it, that's what Thank I do. Thank you. Uh, so... Uh, they, but you talk about, in your, in your current show, yes. you talk about uh, the, the kamikaze sperm. Yes, yeah, sperm Which always selection. fascinated me. There's loads oh, yes. of really, well, there's loads of fascinating stuff about the history. Okay. Of the, which I, think you, you know I haven't it, seen yeah. your show, but my, my, uh, my wife has talked to me about your show. There's lots of, your there's, wife saw my show when I did it to six people on the day of the World Cup final. And that is a sign of a real friend. <laughs> <laughs> she loved the show. But that is kind of, it, it, it is interesting, this idea that within... Uh, sperm. Yeah. There are sperm that are have evolved yes. in order to kill the sperm of so, other men. Yeah. So they didn't know for ages. So men have two kinds of sperm: kamikaze and egg getters. Kamikaze have got a shorter tail and they can't fertilize an egg, so they look like this byproduct. So they didn't understand what they did until, in tests in labs, they mixed together semen from different men, and suddenly these kamikaze guys woke up and started attacking the other man's egg getters. And then this is where they realised that actually. Um, there are hormones that a man can secrete that make his sperm more aggressive. And they form... If a man thinks that his partner is cheating or sleeping with other men, he releases this hormone, and his kamikaze ones can become like a, a ring around the cervix waiting for whoever comes. It's so amazing. And um, so, obviously, this has gone on for millions of years. We've evolved from a, a, a kind of ape... Um, but it, so what's so interesting about sperm selection is that women, our female ancestors, used to have sex with lots of, d- of different men throughout the evening. And um, inside her, sperm fights, and the one that will create the healthiest child based on her DNA is the one that makes it to the egg. And uh, all of the Victorians, people like Darwin were Victorian. So all the first... Un- <laughs> all the Victorians were Darwin, which means that they were Victorian. Well, I mean, all the first anthropologists were Victorians, people like Darwin. So they ignored all of this because um, they didn't think that women were sexual. They thought that we were coy and that we were nurturing. And so now science is just finding out, that actually, in terms of history, women have a whole dynamic sexuality that involves fancying lots of partners, not just being attached to one, which is the kind of current model. It's really interesting. Look it up on the internet. <laughs> but also in the 19 it was really late that they realized that uh, women had anything to do with the actual reproduction of the baby so the idea yeah. they, oh, yes. in the 19th it century they believed that men just planted their seed in the soil of yeah. a woman so and Arist- a baby would Aristotle grow out Aristotle came up with this first of all he said women were soil that a man, a man pl- planted his seed in and then the seed and then so that only men were related to their children yeah, yeah. they didn't think it was anything to do with which is why people like Henry VIII so he kept having his wives killed because they couldn't have male children. Didn't realise that that was in the male sperm. Same with Chris Eubank. <laughs> Chris Eubank. <laughs> he had no idea. Yeah, he had no control of that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's the male sperm that decides what gender but the child it's is. It's kind of insane that when you know you know that oh maybe in Greek times they thought this. In the 19th century, it wasn't until they looked and went, oh, there's an egg in there as well. They thought <laughs> yeah. that there was an homunculus. They thought that a yeah. sperm was a little man yeah. that you would just plant and it would just grow in into a, a man. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, a baby, first of all. We are quite, quite sort of Benjamin Button otherwise, isn't it? So it's not, that's not a nice birth, giving birth to Benjamin Button. Unless you really fancy Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a bit like having a, a six-foot 
penis in you, I suppose. Uh, so, uh, yes, well, that's... I'm, 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 it's, it's kind of fascinating. It's as close as science gets to saying all women are whores, basically, the killer sperm. That is, uh, that is as close as it gets. Um, okay. Um, we have to have these, because all women are whores, so... <laughs> That has to be the killer Well, women, women are definitely sexual, and I think yeah. that's something that any of us now would say, oh, that's so obvious. We're, we have urges and horny periods and, and fantasies and this whole world going on, but actually, even like back to our parents' generation, that wasn't an acknowledged thing. And that's what's really scary, is when you go back even 50 years and realise, oh, w- wives were at home desperately sexually frustrated, never having had an orgasm with the man that they'd married. And then everyone going, she's hysterical, I wonder what's wrong with her. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's all scary for everyone. It's the idea that men would be having that kind of sex with their wives as well. That yeah, wouldn't be. I've also but, but they were so repressed that they didn't know what to do or they were too scared. Yeah. They would never look at their wives naked. All of that, that all of the shame around it. it it's, really, it's really sad because yeah. it ruined people's lives. Well, my wife has an amazing routine about uh, the creation of vibrators, and, uh, which I can't go into. It's her routine. It's good, isn't it, though, Katie? <laughs> It's interesting. It's interesting. It's an interesting routine. Check it out when she does her next show. I think that's the only time you're going to see it. Uh, I realised I was going to start doing that. Oh, and we have a lot of. There's a lot of crossover uh, between you and me. You are obsessed with. uh, Well, I've read an article about swimming lane etiquette annoying you. The etiquette of swimming lane. I am really fucking. See, I don't drive. Do you drive? I do drive. Okay, so because I don't drive, I've never had that experience before of being very, very irritated by bad manners, right. by people, slight things that you can do that make everyone have a nice time. And, um, yeah, and when you're swimming, all you want is just to be in the zone. You don't want to have to be always conscious of other people and their bodies. And so, yeah, <laughs> it can be difficult. Why? What's your thing? Well, I just hate people not obeying the rules of it and not working with the slow, medium... Yeah. I've got so much. I've got, I could honestly do a whole yeah. podcast thing I have done about yeah, this. Yeah. But, but so it's like, so if you're... You, also, you've got to judge it by the, the people in the pool, the not, pool. By, not by your belief but, of what your exactly. standard is. Exactly. So, so different areas, I don't know if you've had this. So if you have a gig outside of town, you might yeah. go to their swimming pool. And people have different speeds. So Colchester, where my mum lives, their fast lane... Is like it's like Swiss cottage is slow. Yeah, Swiss cottage is slow. Say. It's Colchester's fast. In but Colchester, essentially, uh, the really lazy yeah. sperm in an yeah. ejaculation. Yeah. They're all like those yeah. ones that kind of have two heads. Yeah, they had a laptop on yeah. there too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas um, Lewisham, where I live now, I'm a fast medium, oh, yeah. and I'm at, I'm not. I'm a Swiss cottage slow. <laughs> I'm slow, but you yeah. know. But sometimes I'll judge it. Sometimes mm. it's all old ladies in there. Then I'm super fast. I know, but this is the thing: is I feel really bad about it because when it's older people or overweight people, I know it's so great that they've gone swimming. It's so great they're all here, and it, and it's, I hate myself that I resent them for swimming wonky <laughs> and being in the Just way. Swimming the right, and I do it when there are arrows in the thing. Yeah, obey the fucking arrow. It doesn't care if you're the only person in the lane. Obey the oh, arrows. Yeah, obey the arrows. Because what if two people suddenly get in? I hate it when two people get in and there's arrows. And the other person goes, should we just divide the lane into two? I'm, no. no do, you, do, you, do you say do you, something to them? Yeah, I, well, I try to. I, I do it. I, I usually let them do it. Yeah. But, <laughs> that's, that's but, I, but then I can't swim because then I'm thinking, as I'm backstroking yeah. down the wrong way up a no. thing, someone else is going to get yeah, in and not see me and swim into yeah. me. And that, what kind of disaster will that be? Uh, yeah, so I, I have one. found it's so much better. Like, so first of all, you get angry and then you have to stop yourself. And then you stop and go, hey, can I take over you next time? Or, hey, should we all go the same way round? <laughs> and then it's fine. Is it? Yes. I'm not sure. Or my mum. My mum swims much more than me. And she 
How about this is she will tell the lifeguard to tell them off. <laughs> She'll be like, excuse me. <laughs> I've had that though. I've had a lifeguard come and tell me off and make me move to the slow lane. Yeah, I've had that. When I am in the right lane and they, like there was three people in the middle lane, there were like five people in the slow mm. lane and I was faster than all the people in the slow lane. Uh, I was a bit slower than the two uh, people in the middle lane but I was still in the correct lane. Suing purgatory. I was still in the correct lane. <laughs> then she asked me to move down. I said, there's five people in the slow lane. That's insane. Get them people who are fast in the middle lane to move up to their more empty fast lane yeah. if you're going to do your job correctly. Or get the people from the slow lane. Don't come at the... me. I am... <laughs> you don't know how much I think about this. I'm in the right lane. I've swum one length as well. It was like she'd... It wasn't like I'd done five lengths. People were like, I'd done one length. She came out to me. Can you move to the slow lane? I was just... That was my warm-up length. Did you say just that? Just got going. <laughs> you can't judge the speed yet. As it happened, it was quite a fast one. But you're not to know that. Mate, till I've done ten, do an average of she the speed. She would have known the way out. that you breathed when your head came up. She would have known yeah. if you were like... <gasps> no, my head's always above the water, so that's, that's a telling tale. <laughs> you don't put your head underneath. No. In the slow lane, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I could go pretty fast. No, you can't. <laughs> but if it's all really slow people in the slow lane, you've got to change I know, it's awful. Well, we could talk about know, this. Is, all. A, let's a, let's a, talk about this for the rest it, of the podcast. No, it is, it's a philosophical dilemma. Would you rather be the fastest person in the slow lane or the slowest person in the medium lane? <laughs> what would you rather be? I would rather be correctly in the medium lane. <laughs> Sometimes the fastest person in the medium lane is the slowest person in the fast lane. That's what they can't accept. They, they're thinking, I want to be the fastest person in the medium lane. That's a sad so, There are days when I love being the fastest person in the slow lane. I like lapping people. <laughs> like, it feels great. <laughs> There's loads of people in one. Come on, balance it. Just imagine. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Dealing uh, with the important things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so your boyfriend is oh, yes. also a comedian. He's a brilliant comedian. Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> My boyfriend is brilliant. Yeah. Well, and and would, a brilliant you're... comedian. Has he been on Live at the Apollo? He's come to watch that me means at Live he at the is Apollo. Good if he has not been that. <laughs> no, he hasn't been on Live at the Apollo. Yeah, okay. But he's really brilliant. I met him from being a comedian. Yeah, that's so, the same thing happened with my wife, who yeah. is also a comedian. I How did her. you meet Katie? I met her at a gig the first time I met her. Yeah. Uh, and I thought she was great. Yeah. Uh, and then she was she's quite uh, she doesn't she's quite shy. I remember yeah. her, I, I really liked her and wanted to talk to her afterwards and I think we talked a little bit and then I remember sort of standing there and thinking, well, that's nice. And yeah. then she suddenly disappeared and then she wasn't, and it was ah. like, it was a little bit like the story of Cinderella. Or Sliding Doors. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was a bit like Sliding Doors. <laughs> and, I just, and I'd really liked, but this was about nine months later, but I'd re- I remember really liking it and I remember she said she might come see my Edinburgh show and I was really excited that she ah. might was going to come see my Edinburgh yeah. show. And I was sort of looking through the door. And I, I, only in hindsight, I realised yeah. like, she didn't come. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, she had something better to do. Uh, and then I went to this... Th- and then I'm, I saw her again, and I kind of just completely uh, was head over heels in love with Aww. her to the extent that, you know, we had to be together. And yeah, then you're with someone for seven years, go, oh, why did I get so overexcited? <laughs> <laughs> I could still be single. Yeah. It'd be great. No, I... Uh, no, it's brilliant. I think that's what's nice, is being able to trace it back and realising even though consciously at the time, yeah. but there's always little kind of like asterisks going, oh, I'm, I'm noticing you, I'm aware of that person. Yeah. How yeah. did you meet? You met her just at a gig? We had done a I couple of gigs, like, but like a year apart, and, but we had a very long car drive, which is usually horrible with another comedian. So we were five hours from, from Acuntleth to Leamington. That's a, yeah, that's a and um, I just remember, I remember having a really nice time in the car, and it was a really kind of sunny day, and then I'd only seen the side of his face for five hours. The thing is, the thing about him, 
that side of his face <laughs> is really nice. The one side yeah. of his face, yeah. the drive, when that's it's the left yeah. hand yeah, side, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Side. But when he turns around, oh, <laughs> he's not. He's very attractive, man. He's a beautiful boy. So that's what happens. So we got out of the car at Leamington, and I remember like getting my pads out on the table and getting my bag, and I had a wine, and then I looked up at him, and it's the first time I'd seen him dead on. Yeah. And then I just realised, oh my god, I'm in love with him. <laughs> like it was that, and he wow. and he remembers me going bright red and thinking, what's she blushing about? <laughs> and thinking, I'm about to tell him I'm in love with him after one car drive. <laughs> uh, and did you tell him? Or did you hold it in? Hold it in. Uh, how, for how long? A, a whole Edinburgh preview. Wow. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and then after the preview, we had a long drive home. And then you yeah. Do you know what? On the long drive home, he said to me. Um, have you ever seen the Harry Potter films? And I said, no. He said, we should have a sleepover. We should do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sleepover in a boy's house. <laughs> Quite a creepy... <laughs> if he'd been in the, in the car with me, it would have been a very different... very different outcome. Tiny Hermione. Do you like, which hands. is your favourite house of the uh, of the whole of all of the? Do you know what? Houses? I'm not arrogant enough to say Gryffindor. No. No, so I wouldn't. I would say Hufflepuff. Ah, <laughs> oh, Slytherin is my favourite. No, it's not. It is, You're just saying I, that to be edgy. I don't like. <laughs> I, don't, no, I don't like Harry Potter, so I bought a Slytherin notebook to show how I don't like it. What a rebel! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they threw that £10 in the bin. <laughs> it was £17.95. <laughs> it's been £18 in a notebook. To show I didn't like Harry Potter after having just been round Harry Potter World. <laughs> and I drank a butter beer, then I didn't drink the rest of it because it wasn't very nice. So that showed J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I just left it on the side. Bet can, she's furious. Can, can we use all of this in our Christmas film, <laughs> Doors? Because <laughs> I feel like there should be a character who doesn't have to go to Harry Potter world because they missed a train. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and they uh, save fifty pounds. <laughs> but my my wife really likes Harry Potter, and your oh, yeah. boyfriend really likes Harry Potter. Uh oh. They that's who should be together. And that's they're both here. <laughs> They're both sitting in the darkness there. Anything could be going on. My boyfriend was really laughing at your thing about Hermione hands. Like, oh, yeah. too much. <laughs> <laughs> too much. I'm happy to give it a go. I'm, ha- I'm happy to branch out. I'm not it. happy with this. No, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't technically be cheating, because it's a fantasy. It's only like if, if he's... Do you count, count him masturbating him himself as being cheating on you? If he's thinking about something okay. different... Okay, this is a real... Than you. This is a real... Yeah, it's a very difficult conundrum but I'm just imagining me coming home putting the key in the door opening the, this could be in the doors film yeah. there's a door here yes. if, I, if I couldn't find my keys yeah. I missed it and I come yeah. in you're just both having biscuits I'd, be, I'd make him I'd make him come really quickly okay so you've come so, so if I find my keys I open the door him masturbating alone hey I'll, I'll, I'll go to the kitchen or me coming you're there yeah. with your hands on his penis going no it's okay it was basically a wank <laughs> but to make it clear because I'm pretending to be Hermione I would be completely covered in his sheets <laughs> so it would just be so that he because John would be if he was me and he looked up and we caught eyes and like, we'd both, I'd stop and he would go well, that's not the experience I was hoping for. 
But if all he can see, if all he can see is his own, if he looks down, he sees his own penis and exactly Hermione's exactly hand. Hermione's hand. Okay, so the, thing, the reason I feel bad now yeah. is that my boyfriend has come along tonight because he wanted to come and watch the support. Yeah. And now what he's been subjected to is you, <laughs> you acting out a masturbation fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that I've committed some kind of sex crime here? If I thought, <laughs> no, no, is no, that, is that... no, no, no. But no, I am—I right? know exactly what my boyfriend is thinking right now, and it is: I hope my mum doesn't listen to this. <laughs> it's unlikely, though. I might uh, just send her the clip of this bit. <laughs> Let me know if you're interested, though. I mean, I'm pointing over. I don't know if you are over there. Let me know if you're interested. Just imagine I'm just—you have to imagine it. <laughs> It's 50 quid a throw. Uh, so that's, that's and that's four for. more notebooks for you. <laughs> this notebook's very close to an end. I am going to probably uh, either... Uh, I might try and uh, sell this on eBay. Oh, yeah? To try and raise funds. Okay. If it's I bet you less get... than £17.95, yeah. I'm going to be really I, say, I bet you get less than you paid for it. <laughs> it's possible. I, what I should have done was got everyone who'd been on the show to sign their page. Didn't think of that. Because <laughs> it's got all the Edinburgh fringe ones in there. There's be hundreds of different, be lots of different, and one of them would be Stephen Fry and uh, Steve Coogan. That'd be worth some money, really wouldn't good. it? Him signing a thing. Uh, I know his uh, email address, Steve mm. Coogan. Yeah, I saw. I, li- uh, I listened while yeah, I gave it to you. I could you. give it out now. Uh, <laughs> I bet. I bet. I think that would be a betrayal of trust. <laughs> You'd be up at the Leveson Inquiry. <laughs> There'd be a whole separate one. If, oh, this is it. Oh, yeah. you, are a, you are a vegan person who mm-hmm. does not eat um, any animal products yep. or animal uh, things create Like, if a... <laughs> if <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at this very serious <laughs> topic thought, now, I Richard. Thought, uh, let's say I thought something much ruder than this. If a bee deposited some honey on something, you wouldn't eat the honey because that's come out of a oh, bee. Oh, no, so bees, bees and honey is one of the, the question marks for oh, vegans. Okay. So you have vegans yeah. who eat honey because we're a fun gang and we have distinctions for things. I, so my rule with honey, yeah. I'm a very laid-back vegan. Some vegans will say oh, I'm nowhere near strict enough. My rule with honey is I don't buy things intentionally that have got honey in them. Right. And I don't buy honey Did itself. Things that just honey spilt onto. No, like, <laughs> like fla- so flapjacks and breakfast like cereals. Like in a supermarket, yep. there's a, tra- a high shelf with honey on it, and underneath there are some croissants, <laughs> and then someone's knocked over the honey. I'm not saying you've done it, but someone has knocked <laughs> over the honey, and the honey's dripped on. You'd eat those croissants because you know. Because they've got butter in there. Yeah, and if a da- if a if a cow had died <laughs> on near those croissants <laughs> and been cooked. And yeah, that just fell onto the question. I, I was in Norway yeah. two weeks ago, and um, they, said, they said to me on the way, they said, oh, Norway's very difficult to be a uh, vegan vegetarian. Yeah. I said, like, okay. They said, but there's one vegetarian restaurant. So I went there. It's in Stavenga. It's a vegetarian restaurant. In it, I ordered a vegetarian salad, yeah. and it came with a beef burger on it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how difficult it is. You can't be too strict with these things. <laughs> so your life, your life goes... But what I was going to... I don't... I think being no. a vegan... I used to be vegetarian. Yeah. Then I kind of thought... Did you? Do you feel... Do, how does it feel now when you eat meat? Does it still go through your mind or do you completely forget? No. I, now I like to... F- I, 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 now if I get meat, I will eat all of the meat. Yeah. Uh, because I sort of feel the thing has given its life and its root mm-hmm. to not eat it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I generally got to a point where I thought I don't care about this enough to put people through 
the hassle. I think I slightly enjoyed putting people through the hassle, going, I'm vegetarian, so you have to cook something different from me because I'm special. I did care about it as well, but I think I, but I, got, I thought to myself, it's not, I don't believe in this enough to make that difficult for people. And it was mm. like in the time when it was a bit more difficult. I also just thought I'd like to eat meat again. I also thought I'm not saving any animals' lives by doing this. Oh, so because, I think the opposite. Well, because yeah. it's not like if I don't eat that meat that they, the, cat, the, cat, the farmer goes, oh, we didn't sell. <laughs> All right, off you go, into the wild. No, Enjoy. Go on, well done. There wasn't any call for you. Off you no, go. It's not, it's All not, that happens is that cow doesn't ever exist. Yeah, but it's not that literal. But i tell you what does happen is, so um, we all vote with our money all the time, depending what we buy. That's, it's, it's actually the biggest way that we vote now because corporations are so important. So every time someone buys uh, a vegetarian substitute, you make that market bigger. Every time you go to a whole food shop or someone that has organic meat, every time you create a bigger market so people start going, actually, we can, we can raise the same money by selling less meat, but they're corn-fed or they live outside. So actually, any time you make a healthier, more moral choice, it's really important. Although, of course, logistically, that's the way people cut you down, going, well, if nobody ate cows, we wouldn't have any cows. But that's true. <laughs> but, but that's because that... it's not like the farmers are going to go, well, let's have some cows to be no, nice. But that's like saying if all human beings lived in prison and were murdered at 13, yeah, yeah but we're still alive, isn't it? Well, that would be preferable to never existing, I think. That's the point. I don't think you've ever been in prison <laughs> <laughs> or well, murdered. But it'd be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know everything about me. Uh, but... <laughs> It'd be, you know, it'd be, I think I would prefer, if the choice is never existing and existing, uh, I would prefer to exist in as nice a surrounding okay, so as really, possible. So really, if, if I said a species to you of animal would only ever exist in a zoo, yeah. and you think that's better than not existing, do you? I think it is. I would prefer, I would prefer it if all the animals lived in yeah. the wild. And, yes. you know, I would prefer it if... I, you know, I don't like the idea of no, of course, animals yeah. being killed. I, think, and I, I didn't really want to get into this. I was going to ask about ham hands. But it's... Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's, quite, I mean, it's, it's an interesting to think about, but I just thought I don't, I don't care enough. And I think life's about uh, pleasure to the extent of not harming anyone, any other people especially, and certainly not kind of being AA girl and going, oh, I'd go and shoot a monkey just to see if that feels mm. all right or not, because that would be a fun way to live my life. That's not okay. Mm. You know, it's not, I think, so the idea of killing an animal to not do anything with it is bizarre yeah. and, un, and horrible. Yeah. Or the, you know, so I, I, I think... It, the pleasure that eating meat gives me, I think, is enough for me to, yeah. personally. To so I think, I think being aware of what you're eating is really important. Yeah. Like, I think that's something you've cracked. Uh, I, well, in, uh, in Australia, Aboriginal people, they hunt for meat. And when they, they kill something, they sort of say a prayer, like a, an equivalent of a prayer, thank you to that animal giving up its life. And I feel that that's a really important thing. Because obviously so often food is food and you don't remember someone, someone killed this animal or something died. So I think that's quite, a, quite an important part of it. Yeah. And I have a feeling that in 20 or 30 years' time, it'll look completely... Just logistically, people mm. won't eat as much meat as they do. I think people already really realise and think about where their food has come from a lot of the time, or people who have the luxury to think about it. I think people don't want to be unkind. No. It's just our bodies were made to consume a huge amount of protein very quickly, and meat is the way of doing that. It is. It is. Plus, it's delicious. Uh, but if you had... I'm not going to ask the full question, oh, yeah. but as a vegan, if yeah. you had a hand, if you had a choice, someone had given you a magic choice between having uh, a breast nipple that produced uh, 
talcum powder, I think this is the right one, or a uh, hand made out of ham, and you'd opted for the hand made out of ham. Okay, so this is a... This is, but it's like your own hand. So it looks like ham, or it's actually from a pig? Well, it's, it, it looks like ham, it tastes like ham, but it's grown on your body, and no animal has died to No, I've it. grown it. It's grown out of your own yeah. hand, and you can eat it, and it'll grow back again, so you'll still have a ham. So you're asking, would I eat some of myself? Would you eat... Would you eat your own ham hand if, as a vegan, or would you feel that would make you a bad I vegan? Think, I think I would have an operation to make me look normal again. <laughs> uh, they probably cost three grand, just cut around it, make yeah. them fingers again. <laughs> it would just sprout out again. It would, would just it? Come, yeah, it would just sprout out. So I'm going to be constantly nibbling. Yeah. <laughs> nibbling around it. Um, I'd, obviously, there wouldn't be a vegan problem because I'm free range, yeah. and I've had a happy life, <laughs> and I would know how I've been farmed. So it wouldn't, there wouldn't be a moralistic thing. I do think... I wouldn't eat my own flesh. Right. Even if just it as a thing. Again. I know I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just interesting, though, because, you know, if just in case that ever happens, it's good that vegans have thought about how they would cope with that. Because I think some of them wouldn't. Michael Legg wouldn't eat uh, honey-roasted peanuts. Would you eat honey-roasted peanuts? I have eaten honey-roasted peanuts, yeah. Michael, Michael Legg's my inspiration. He's much stricter than I am. He's, He's not a dick. <laughs> I, love, I love Michael Legg. I love him. He's, no, don't say it. I love Michael Legg. I, I spent so much of my life thinking, what would Michael Legg think of me if I said yes to this and then turning things down? <laughs> and it's really helped me. He's all right. It was oh, good when he was in that Bollins and Nerin uh, podcast he used to do. That was, that was good. So, well, God, we can't be going on for it. It's, very, it's been very good uh, fun uh, t- talking with you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's nice like the end of a nice date when someone doesn't want to see you again. <laughs> so, um, this has been fun. You've got my book. <laughs> if, I, if my wife ends up going off with your boyfriend, I'll have a second date I with haven't you. heard either of them laugh for <laughs> ages. <laughs> I feel like we lost them. I think, we, I think we maybe got on our own again, but never mind. Uh, you were... Uh, le- oh, you've done Celebrity Squares. Has that been on yet, your Celebrity Squares? Oh, mine squares? was the first one. Oh, was it? I haven't oh. seen it. Oh, oh, oh. Um, they, uh, they brought Celebrity Squares back. Okay. Though officially, I think they should be calling it squares. Okay. Yes. Yes. So everyone, everyone did that program. I think this is open. It's because they paid very well. And um, usually for a, a panel show or something, you get about £1,000, which is a lot of money. That's probably three gigs or four gigs all put into one. And you use up material or you write and you prep a lot for it. Celebrity squares is not that. It's more money and you just sit in a square and someone asks you some basic quiz questions and you either know it or you don't. And all of us thought, yeah, let's take the money until it came out and now we think maybe we shouldn't have been as greedy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just do some more gigs. (laughs) Do some more gigs. I don't know, but in a way, sometimes... I mean, the thing is, it's quite high-profile... But, sometimes but it's high profile to people who don't want to see you, yeah. who watch ITV. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I've done ones, I think I've talked about it, I did one called um, Best Man's Speech, which... Have you seen it? Nobody's seen it. I haven't What's seen it. What's Best Man's Speech? I haven't seen it. It's like it was on, I can't even ITV4 or something like that. It was about, it was a reality, it was like a show where people, I thought it sounded like a really good idea and yeah. I wanted to do it. In, in spite yes, of okay. the money, which was really good. <laughs> uh, so uh, at least we're honest about before, that because you can't before. lie. But it was it was just stu- it was stupid memory for like three or four days' work. It was the idea was that you know a comedian would come in and help 
someone write their best man speech. Okay. Which is a nice great. idea. Lot of, yeah. Lots of people kind of, well, that's what I thought it was going to be. Lots of people email you all the time and go, oh, you know, I, yeah. I'm writing a best man speech, what should I do? And I would usually reply and yes. give him a joke, but also just say, just talk about your friend in a nice way yeah. <laughs> and try, try not to be too rude about them. But I thought it sounded like, but then it was loads of sort of stupid stuff. So the guy I did, he had to pretend he had two broken arms. Which sounds like the thing that that serial killer did to get women in the back of his van. Uh, but, so I think that's where they got the idea from it from. But then they couldn't do that bit because, you know, he's just... Well, actually, his friend's getting married. It's not even him. So, you know, that could be the way he finds his girlfriend. Uh, but uh, so then he was sort of standing outside a pub and then he had to ask people to help him answer his phone. Oh. To give him confidence. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of the things. And then uh, I think we went to an old fo- folks' home where he had to tell some jokes to some old folks. But it was a little bit like, look at all the yes, crazy old yeah. people. They're not going to get what's going on. Yeah. And so it was a bit like, oh, no. And the f- on the first day, it had been all right. And Dave Gorman had, had been asked to do it as well. And I, I text, said, yeah, Dave, it's all right. It's, it's, don't worry, it's fine. It's good. And then the second day, I kind of went, oh, it's not really that <laughs> But Dave Gorman had agreed to do it by then, so it was too late to save Dave Gorman. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was... But nobody saw it apart from that man. Did and you, and also, did you also... enjoy it? Uh, not really, no. No, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but, but your oh, intentions were good. I love, I love the way he cheered. When he, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Well, I didn't... It wasn't terrible. <laughs> but I did not enjoy it. I want to make it clear. It was bad. It was a. It was a. It filled uh, forty-five minutes of your life that you could have spent doing something work. You could have had, pretend. You could have wanked yourself off pretending you were Hermione. <laughs> I knew the, the sister-in-law, the person you get married. To. Oh, you knew the sister-in-law, the person that he was getting married. <laughs> oh, literally, like people from the wedding watched it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the viewership. So for them. My career is white. But even that guy, he's forgiven me. Ten years yeah. on, he's gone, oh, OK, oh, he's got Steve Coogan yeah. on. I'll go and see him, see if he's got any better. Uh, but uh, thank you. Well, thanks for watching. But he's literally the only person I've seen it. So it kind of felt and like... But also, you do it for good intentions. And also, when I was kind of starting as a comic, I would look at the decisions that people had made... And everyone has got at least one thing, like, yeah, and it turned out to be shit, or, yeah, yeah. the wrong thing. Everyone's got one, and then you learn from that lesson and you become more selective, or you realise, oh, OK, if I'm following my live journey, I don't have to kind of But with Celebrity Squares really that? Because it's just a throwaway bit of TV. It, it is really a throwaway matter, bit of TV. It? I get very upset with negativity on the internet, and I think some people are really, really good at going, who cares? I don't know these people. And there is. There's a kind of thing, someone sending you a horrible tweet to you is like someone shouting out of a car. Like, it's not really personal. They don't know you. It's just uh, an idiot. And they might be very young or very drunk. And I think sometimes they don't know how upset you are. But I don't like it. And it really upsets me. <laughs> and re- people did, really didn't like Celebrity Squares. <laughs> but Michael Legg loved it. Did he? So yeah. it's come see, come saw. So I go back to what I said before <laughs> about Michael Legg. <laughs> and I got a free pen. You got a free pen. It writes really beautifully. And how does it? Yeah. That's nice. It does make a difference. It's nice when they give you a present. They don't, most of them don't do that. I love a present. Did they give you a present or was it just the pen you got given to write your A pen notes? and a notepad with my name engraved in it. You just stole it. the pen and the notepad off the... No, off no, the no. no. They, were, they were gifts. Right. I love it when you get into a dressing room and there's presents in there. Well, it doesn't happen very often. You're obviously doing very well. <laughs> it's, it's, seriously, it's a level that I ever get every time, every now and again. I, but this is my career. I dip into that level where I see how the proper comedians live. And uh, you kind of go, time. fuck it. Yeah. Like when I did, uh, when I did Dave's uh, One Night Stand, oh, yeah. 
where I wasn't the main one. I was Al Murray's friend. Yeah. And so I got to be his, in his one. So I was doing 20, like 15 minute routine. They gave her uh, like a uh, like a mini iPod, one of those sh- iPod shuffle things. That was uh, the present. That's amazing. I've yeah, done the gig for that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I think yeah. <laughs> and now there's fruit in the dressing room and stuff. Something yeah. you know. Oh, it's lovely. And then most places you go and this go. Oh, there's a pack of crisps. But, even, but I still get that one, like, free crisps. Yeah, yeah so do yeah. I, unfortunately. That's the right. <laughs> I generally, I'm, even when I'm on a diet, if there's free food, Absolutely. I go back to being like, ah. So there's, like, like celebrations or something. Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> so even, even while being a vegan, and it must confuse people backstage, yeah, yeah. because my boyfriend is just a vegetarian, not a vegan, I empty whatever they've got in terms of celebrations into my bag. So they must come in and go, vegan, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> She's eating 50 chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, let's. Uh, have you ever seen a ghost? I bet you have. Why? Because I just reckon you've seen a ghost. I've never seen a ghost. I've really you wanted have. to see one. I read a book when I was about 12, which was about how all of these levels of existence are going at the same time, and a ghost is actually someone living on their level, yeah. in their dimension. So they're just walking across a field, but you see them walking across the room. Why do they keep going? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a wobbly field. <laughs> <laughs> No, I really, really want to. I, I think I think we all create a narrative or of how or a construct of how the world should exist. And for some people, that's aliens and ghosts, and it's a really fun world to inhabit. And other people, it's it's God and it's saints and um and they're it's exciting and it's fun. And but I've never seen a ghost. No, no. I've seen loads of spiders. Yeah. <laughs> and if I was a ghost, that is exactly what I would look like. You'd come so back really, to really that would scare you so much more than a. Well, if I was a ghost, I'd come back as a. Uh, exact representation of myself made out of spiders that once you'd seen me they'd all go and then attack you <laughs> that's what I'd do that's, so you'd if you could like, do anything why I'd not do that? that I'd love that if that's how you came back to like, visit your mum yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know I'm okay in the afterlife <laughs> but I can still see her and feel things <laughs> you need to come and go oh, hello it's me Richard Herring <laughs> better that'd be fucking cool really good that's why the, most of the ghosts are pathetic you've got this power to come back none of them are made of spiders <laughs> they are they that'd be a good thing to and have you, have you ever seen a bigfoot no but I did I go up with a guy who was six foot seven yeah <laughs> he had big feet he, he did let's, end, let's leave it there and we'll, we'll <laughs> what we'll do just let's say that with conviction we'll, we'll put a big laugh uh, on the end no I liked, like I liked one person going uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave that on but I'm, oh, I tell you, the asparagus wee thing, amazing. I changed my. This video will change your life if you watch that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to do one more. It's been fun though. I reckon we could carry it. It's one of the ones that I sort of just feel like sometimes. Honestly, you get to this stage. I mean, people are feeling it a bit. But you get to this stage and you just think, oh, it's gone on way too long. But. This one hasn't people, got to that. People, but also, usually, yeah. if you push on through, it gets really good oh, again. It gets good again. But I think that's people saying, ah, ha, 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 can, now can we go? Ha, <laughs> 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 yes, now, go, you've got your big laugh. Look, they're allowed to leave whenever they want. Oh, oh no, now they've realised they're going. Um, they okay, really... but, but they do, they do studies on attention span. Yeah. And I do think over an hour, that's it, I need my own yeah. time again. Please, but now, toilet time. We talked about talk the serious bit too yeah. early. We could do the serious bit now. What's and then the serious get, bit? Well, just, we, talk, we talk quite uh, uh, seriously about uh, panel shows and stuff. Oh, did we? Yeah, well, like, without, you know, it was a serious con- conversation. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. Like a grown-up conversation mm. two grown-ups would have. 
but Steve Coogan's at home now. No, not yeah, back to home. He needs to look at home by no now. No way. It's a slow train this time of day. There's a, there's a novel. He's He'll got, be three bridges. He's got... Uh, <laughs> the place, Just past Hayward's Heath. The place, uh, the place Steve Coogan lives has a novel about it. I've seen Steve Coogan's house. I Have didn't you? say this when he was here. I went to university in Sussex and lived around the corner from him. And this is when he was still drinking and doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> he used to go to the strip clubs and that. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a slight problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're telling Steve Coogan, sorry, it's not. I'm not I, I, <laughs> He's allowed his privacy to live his disgusting life. <laughs> hey, so this is what I did. So you know Hacked Off, yeah. his group? I got asked um, two weeks ago if I would perform for Hugh Grant's birthday. Oh? They said, so it's organised by Hacked Off. Hacked Off every year. Um, Hugh Grant, it's his birthday, and they have that as their yearly celebration. And it was as a trick because he's not a feminist. So they thought they'd book a feminist comedian as a fun trick to see how he handled it and make him put on a No More Page 3 T-shirt. Ha, 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 ha. And um, when he put on the No More Page 3 T-shirt, he asked, oh, have you got a wet one? What a shame. Because <laughs> when I did, the, one celebrity gig I did was, uh, which I have discussed, I apologise for uh, repeating stories, but uh, it was for um, Theo Fennel, which is this big jewellery store. Oh. And then Elton John, every year Elton John, who's their main customer, they have a big celebrity party and they're in the sh- store where earrings cost, uh, well, this was again 10 years ago, £100,000 for two diamond earrings, whatever, and, um, and more than that. Uh, and uh, so they get all their celebrity top clients to come to see this, have a big dinner and then they have an outrageous piece of entertainment so they'd had puppetry of the penis one year and then one of his minions had seen Talking Cop, the, te- the show and he went, oh this is a brilliant show and then they made me come and do like five minutes of it to uh, over pudding to all these celebrities and I didn't, wasn't a time, I wasn't even doing stand-up at the time you know, like in that way, so I wasn't used to doing those kind of gigs and it didn't really work uh, but uh, no, no good comedy has ever happened where someone else has been eating pudding. No, and you said surprise. <laughs> can I talk to you about cots? <laughs> but out of every posh spice yeah. was there, just looking at me like all the way through. Elton John's like talking very. She early. was just hungry for pudding. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> and uh, but Hugh Grant was the only person who laughed Aww. to begin with. He was laughing. It was really nice. And so I quite liked Hugh Grant because I thought. Okay. But it's because it's all about cocks, so that's what he was felt safe, didn't he, in his, <laughs> yeah. his sexist no, world. I'm, I'm, I, hey, I'm sure he's a really, really yeah. lovely person. It's no. just an odd booking to yes. get, like, ha, 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 as a prank yeah. <laughs> before we get a woman with opinions. Yeah, but it's sort of... <laughs> it's sort of he's not going to know what's hit him. It's sort of similar, but it's like the, it's like the uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Have you seen this film? No, I haven't. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it. I wouldn't <laughs> like it. I've seen <laughs> Gone Girl. Have you seen Gone no. Girl? Mm. Have I seen Gone Girl? No, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to that stage where I have to ask. Have I seen that? But you should go together. Go together. It's so thrilling. Okay. My wife's read the book. Every time we I've see. I read the book. Every time it's we see. The, if you've read the book. Every time we see the trailer for it, mm. I, my wife says, "I've seen. I've read the book. I didn't like it." And then I say, "I didn't like the book, but the film is better." And then I, I say, do. "What happened?" And she tells, and I go, "Is he? Did he kill or didn't she? Didn't he?" And every time she tells me. And every time I forget what she said. <laughs> so good. I can, I can see, even though I've heard three times what happens in that film, I can't remember. It's too complicated. That, that's the great 
thing about being 47 years old. <laughs> Seriously, I can watch, I'm just watching Bojack Horseman for the second time in about three months, and oh, I can't remember no. anything from the hey, first time so I saw you, it. So you're it's saying this really flippantly, but if you've seen the film Iris, yeah. you'll know that this is a very early stage yeah. of something. <laughs> that I, we might now all look back and go, he did try and tell us. <laughs> his, his mind was disintegrating. <laughs> and we were like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. But in The Wolf of Wall Street, which I wouldn't say is a particularly feminist film. No. Uh, even the, you know, it could be because it could be going look at these load of bricks yeah. and, and then the women could yeah. have some you know but it, even right through to at the end when he's talking there are a few women in the room he's still talking about you going back to your girlfriends you're doing this he's all doing that and then one woman goes you gave me $25,000 to help my kid go to school I love you Wolf of Wall Street you are the best it's pathetic uh, but there's like there's they are you get, a professional actor? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a very good impression <laughs> really good well, they have, like, they have the thing, they have entertainment where they kind of throw a dwarf at a dartboard and they're kind of discussing whether he'll die and they don't care. Uh, and they have a thing where they, they've done well and they go to... They've got, we've got Tracy from the Counts and she's agreed to shave off all her hair yeah, for $10,000. Yeah. So it's awful. But the thing that's awful is... But it's like our gigs that we're... It's like these gigs. It's like rich well, no, people... No, but the real banker lives, people. That's what's awful is you're going, oh, isn't it awful, that horrible horror film that actually is based on reality. Yeah. <laughs> the real people live but their it's lives real, that But way. these people get to that powerful position and then... So both in both your, your story of you being sent someone as a joke mm. and my story is being, me being there as like a... It's like a medieval jester. Oh, he's going to come on and do something outrageous. Oh, but the Queen of Elton John doesn't like it, so none of us are going to enjoy it now. Uh, it, you know, so it's about the humiliation. It's about paying someone to kind of mildly humiliate them for, for your entertainment. It's a bit horrible, isn't it? We got, we got rich. paid. I don't think anyone feels sorry for us. If we we do, got a story and we got paid. If you do too many celebrity squares, though, you'll end up having that kind of money. and then you'll My dream be is to be that. all of the squares. <laughs> <laughs> all nine, whoever they come to, back to Pasco. <laughs> it's all very interesting. So that was the serious bit. We talked seriously. Yeah, we did talk seriously. About feminism. I'm, uh, if I have to come down one side... Which, which is it when you like the feminism? Is that feminist or sexist? Which is that... <laughs> They're so similar, it's difficult to know. I'd like to see myself as a sort of sex, sexist feminist. You stuck up for me on Twitter. I was saying, John, on the way here, so you stuck up for me when a man, a man had, had said that um, there should be more women on panel shows and then said that I was part of the problem of why there aren't women on panel shows because when I'm on them, I was rude. And you stuck up for me and you said... But you, you pointed out very well. You said you've come so far around of not being sexist that you're now sexist again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he sort of decided, he said, oh, it's ridiculous. There's, there's a one woman on the show and then he's criticised your material. And it's like, well, you said, uh, so you want women on, but you want to then police, police their material, <laughs> which is true. And then it's just, yeah, it's like he was trying to be so right on yeah. that he kind of lost himself. Yeah. With our our right to be there is to be as bad as any <laughs> of the guys. <laughs> and it was good, that bit about spraying on the toilet seat. Anyway, so fuck off. <laughs> Uh, but uh, anyway, yes, people don't know what we're talking about. Go look through my Twitter feed if you're that bothered. Go back four months to look at that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was... what With those panel shows, what gets me... We, we, I really like uh, Would I Lie to You. I think it's oh, a yeah, really great too. format. But th- there's no, absolutely no reason on earth why that shouldn't be 50-50 men and women. In fact, there's a, a women are fucking liars. Yeah. So <laughs> there should be... There should be... Loads of them on there. But B, it should be that would make it much better if it's men, like men and women, because it's a, a many different people, different types of people. But like, yeah. that would be a, it's, there's no reason. I it's think not it's really hard because actually, if you're one of those people who is a producer, 
People really do believe that no one will watch your programme unless there's famous people on it. So you'd, yeah. we'd always much rather have a TV presenter of either gender than somebody that people haven't heard of. And it is difficult, because actually parlour games, any, actually anyone could do them. Most yeah. panel shows, anyone would be good, edited down, riffing, uh, being witty occasionally. They're not, it's not rocket science. No but they think people tune in for a certain person that they like. So Nearly everyone's good on it because yeah. even, you know, you get someone... Uh, not, they have two comedians and two celebrities yeah. right on that show, like two you know, celebrity mm. people and the, the regular guys who are all good but are all really men. Yeah. So they've got a very good relationship, but it's a shame they're all men because they don't need to be. Uh, well, they, you know, they yeah. can't help it. They yeah, are. They, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, mean, yeah. I reckon oh, David Mitchell you could turn into all of them pretty easily. <laughs> Oh, can you? <laughs> yeah, then it would be, you know, then if that's, they can still have, if they just chopped off his cock, he doesn't probably even use it anymore. Women aren't just men with chopped off cocks. <laughs> that's not what we are. Fashion it into we're, some kind of We're not proof. cockless men. <laughs> we're a whole different thing. It would, look, it's not a perfect world, but it's a step <laughs> in the right direction. I'm trying to help. Women and eunuchs on panel shows. I'm trying to help. I'm going to go to the producer, would I like you? Point out about the lying women thing. They'll go, oh yeah, good point. Let's have all women on. And then they go, no, hold on, because then everyone will know they're all definitely lying because they're all women. That's probably the reason. Because <laughs> men never lie. That's the, the, and that's the other the drawback with it. Uh, so <laughs> There's someone who laughed in a very weird way at the back there. Like a kind of elf would laugh. Like that makes me think. Now, I've quite been quite tired, yeah. which I'm overtired, yeah. which has led to this uh, abomination at the end. Has this and become that... an episode of Twin Peaks? <laughs> <laughs> a little elf has appeared at the back. <laughs> it's working. He doesn't even know he's on his own. Everyone else has gone home. He's just sitting here still talking alone. Uh, maybe we should go home. Uh, fucking hell. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's been, ni- it's been very nice talking with you. I've really liked good, coming here. Thank you for having me. Good luck with you and all the young comedians. I don't care if you do replace me. I'll just carry on. I can carry on doing this. It doesn't, doesn't matter. That I'm you not. have a brilliant career. That's and I always find it odd when you are... I don't know if it's self-deprecating or if you genuinely sometimes think... But, I mean, you also, everyone respects you. Everyone, everyone would love to be where you are. I know. It's I'm brilliant. I'm very, it's... I'm, I, it's, <laughs> it's uh, no, in a way... In a sort of lying to yourself way, <laughs> I am <laughs> like a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very like a woman. I'm very happy about my feminine side. Uh, but uh, no, it is it's, it, the, the, the thing you want. I think as a comedian, I think what, if you're a proper comedian, is the autonomy to do what you want to do. And if you can do that on celebrity squares, then that's good. Uh, but if you can do that on TV, that's an amazing thing to do. But no one has it on TV. You have it because people come to a gig because they want to see you. Yeah. That's the only autonomy you have. I think Stuart Lee genuinely has the proper autonomy. Who's that guy? I don't know. He's a guy. <laughs> no one watches it, but it's apparently a really good show. <laughs> but he don't know. He's but but he's battled no, he very has, hard to yes, get to a point has, where he has complete yeah. control of what he's doing on TV. Yeah. And yeah, that is. And also, I I think as well in every generation, there are very few spots for that in terms of television. But in terms of the well, live now, circuit, so. you just want to be some people's favourite comedian, yeah. and then that's a huge achievement. Yeah. Am I your favourite? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sarah Pascal.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture, and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart, and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Thank you very much for listening to my podcasts. Listen to some more. Tell your friends about these podcasts. We're in a very competitive market and it would be lovely to keep those downloads coming in. The more downloads we get, the more money we make and the more podcasts we can make for you. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Come and see me on tour at richardherring.com. But otherwise, just, you know, go outside. Enjoy the spring air. It's beautiful out there. I love you all. Goodbye.